And it seems like we're live, guys. What is going on, everyone? And welcome to Sunday's rendition of the TXR Podcast. This is episode number 166, the best place on Sunday nights to listen to some Xbox talk and more from around the industry. Of course, I'm your host, Invader, and I'm looking forward to tonight's show, as always, right? I'll admit that it's been a rather, well, quiet week in the gaming world, and the Xbox side of things, to say the least. A lot of devs are just now getting back to work. But, you know, we still do have some stuff to cover, to chat about, some rumors and other stuff just floating about. But, you know, before we decide to go into that deep dive, let me introduce everyone on the TXR panel. And I'll start with Centurion, Mr. Maricopa. How you doing? Maricopa. What is up, everybody? straight up apparently i live in the red zone out here but uh no it's honestly been a great week man i work way too much don't have enough time to do anything but work and play a little bit of gaming when i can uh for some reason i am hopelessly addicted right now to call of duty and godfall do not ask me how i ended up on godfall i don't know how it happened but Godfall's uh, actually an addictive game dude i'm very very addictive elements in the game so it's about to, like, this is where I'm thinking, like, people might not like what I'm about to say, but it is pretty much the fighting mechanic of God of War. Like, yeah. you you have the shield on your wrist that unfolds, you have the ability to throw it, it returns to you, your dual, uh, your dual blades, uh, I used some dual blades the other night that had chains, so you could actually throw them out and spin, um, I'm... You know, you go the art, opening the art direction is very uh, God of War-ish, too. I'm just saying, it's kind of like, um, it's like before they made the game, Sony sent over a copy of God of War and said, play this and then get back to us. And definitely, uh, that's where I'm very curious in the long run, is this game really a timed exclusive? I've heard a lot of people that are beating that drum that this game is going to be an absolute timed exclusive. If it is, it's going to be fun. I'm going to play this game with a lot of people if it is a timed exclusive. But I mean, there is just... An exclusive looter shooter? No, or a looter slasher? No. Looter, I know. I'm just... But for me, there is just so many similarities to God of War that I really am leaning that this game is not going to be exclusive. And I see, like, Godfall's garbage. I, I don't know how to play it, but here's the thing. I remember when Destiny came out, everybody was like, what the hell is this? And it's the same thing with Godfall. Godfall's um, not, I could tell you right now, Godfall's not garbage game. Oh, no, I, I, I honestly like it. The story has me kind of intrigued. Um, it's a very beautiful game, and the one thing I will say that I like is that even though it is an online style game, it's not like Destiny where there's things that you need to get people together to do and stuff. Like it's actually more for a person that wants to get in, like that really hasn't had much um, time spent in online multiplayers. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. So, all right, but, all right. That's yeah. what I've been doing. <laughs> No, that's pretty cool. I yeah, I, I was considering getting it, uh, but I, for the PlayStation Five. But I, oh, that's right. It was it was everybody's referring to it as God awful instead of Godfall. And refer- <laughs> I hear everybody every time, every time I say Godfall, you hear people make God awful jokes. You're like, oh man, dog dog fall. I'll and be. I know, it's, 
it, it's I honestly like it. I'll be honest, it does look like a pretty it, it's a very colorful and uh, good-looking game in my opinion and I wouldn't mind trying it out. I'm not a d- detractor of it. Did you well, kind of like yourself, Canadian? How do you feel about like uh, slashers where you actually have to bust combos? Like did you ever play um Monster Hunter? No. Yeah. Come, um, come on, man. Have you ever played Ninja Gaiden? Come on, man. That's like because it's kind of like when you fight, there like an enemy has a health bar, but there's different stages to the health bar. You can wear an enemy's health bar down to where they're weakened, and when they're in a weakened state, you can actually use a heavy blow. And if you pull a heavy blow on them at the end of the combo, you'll actually disintegrate an enemy with a full health bar. And so, I mean, if you know how to use the combo system and actually, you know, figure out the fighting mechanics, um, there is some skill involved. Otherwise, um, you know, you could run up to an enemy that and just get your ass whooped because you didn't understand the enemy's weak points or what combos to use against that enemy. Combo breaker. All right. For, yeah, no, like, yeah, they'll break your combo. They will. Like if <laughs> an enemy breaks the combo, it'll throw you back. And all the enemies will just start leaping on you as you're trying to get up off the ground. <laughs> well, I mean, no, I played some uh, some of those games before. Uh, I'm interested in playing them, so I, m- I might give it a shot first. I do really want to uh, complete Demon Souls before I get into that, so and that's going to take some time. Um, thankfully, there aren't too many big titles out at the moment, um, so I, I I do plan on being that soon. Uh, moving on down the list here, Shockley Buddy, what's up, dude? Uh, not much. Finally got my uh, PS2. Yeah, that's right. PS2 uh, custom modded. Got a SSD in the expansion bay. Got 256 games on there. And outputting <laughs> at 1080p. And this PS2, I don't know how I got it to look this good and crisp like they actually use, you know, because they used 480i back then. So it was all interlaced and. You know, if you know what that means. Sean, uh, where do but, yeah, you find it's time? Where do you find time to play all these games? I can't even play the games on my Xbox. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to play all of them, but I, I you know, you like curated, having them. Okay. Well, I curated like a lot of the JRPGs that are on there that have never been gone anywhere else are locked there, like Xenosaga. So I do mean to get to a lot of those that I totally missed. Because back then I was playing a lot more like, you know, GTA back in like middle school, early high school back then. So wasn't playing, you know, Xenosaga 3 was not on my list back then. So. <laughs> but I did get that Satiator I was supposed to pick up, which is a uh, a board that slides in the back of your Sega Saturn. No mods required, slides right in the back where that memory goes. And you just play all your games off of SD cards. I did just get that as well, but. I'm loving being able to play it right off my PS2, outputting at quality that matches the PS3's emulator, or, you know, when it was backwards compatible. That's pretty sweet. All right, all right. Yeah, no, it does look like, because um, I think you posted, I think I posted that in the, ch- in the uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I didn't get a chance to really look at that, but uh, from my side, it looked pretty cool. Um, all right, moving on further down the list here. Jeremy, my American brother, what's happening, dude? My Canadian brother. Soon what's to going be on, Canadian man? brother. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny, Shock. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, you guys know tonight's going to be probably my last show. I know some of you heard that shit before, but I think tonight's, you know, the last, the last line. Uh, yeah, it's just for personal reasons. You know, I'd never thought we'd, I'd see the day where, uh, you know, not to get political, but I'm going to go on a fucking political rant. Fuck it. It's my last, it's my last show. <laughs> um, uh, you know, where this country's literally turned into Russia and China. I'm going to say it, you know, so you have these big, big tech tyrants like Google, which obviously owns YouTube and you have Apple and Amazon and Twitter and Facebook and they're banned conservatives. I mean, you know, this invader, they ban Republicans, uh, you know, kind of uh, silencing them in the process. You know, they take applications off the digital front store like they did with Barler. Um, and, you know, they permanently suspend accounts so they can indoctrinate, you know, some more liberal goon ideologies and, you know, to to manipulate people further, I think. But, um, you know, allegedly the parlor application incites violence as mm. well as the president and other people that got banned. But, um, you know, let's say hypothetically it was true for a minute. Um, how is this any different? And we, and we spoke about it a little bit before the show, but how is it any different? Um, and how, how is it like a country like Iran still has a Twitter account, a country that chants death to fucking America? They still have a Twitter account and, you know, President Trump does not. How is that possible? Or somebody like Sidney Powell or, you know, I can just go down the list, but I'm not. But um it's just frustrating you know and then you have people like you know the congress woman from massachusetts i forget her name i think her name's like alana something elizabeth Presley. Warren? Did you say, huh? oh uh, governor sorry yeah uh, uh i think her name's like no alana. i was th- i was talking about the senator uh, saying how there should be unrest in the in the streets uh, you know, all that while cities burned and they were looted and destroyed. I mean, you've seen the pictures and videos across the nation, but um, or a soon to be vice president fraud, you know, Kamala Harris telling protesters, uh, what did she tell them that they should not let up, you know, and, and they're going to they're not going to let up. Um, it's just stuff like that where I can just go on and on the double standard in hypocrisy that just runs rampant on social media. I have a problem with. You know, and, hmm. um, you know, just some of some of you on Twitter, I know you guys st- stay on Twitter. They actually think that's reality, like it's gold, you know, like it's set in stone. But when sometimes, you know, it's it's far from the truth in a, in a lot of ways. I just wish people, you know, they did their homework on it. I wish uh, people were more mindful of what's really going on and look into the other side of the truth. Um you know, when I when I did investigate, not to go on a, a rant, but again, when I did investigations, you know, there was always two sides to a story, and sometimes those, you know, those sides weren't clearly defined. Um, sometimes they're just not. So, you know, what do you do when that happens? You know, you you have to find the truth. You have to do your homework. You have to look. You have to dig into things. And I just wish people really dug into things and and looked for the truth um but you know it just really makes me upset where this country is right now 
and uh, you know pe- people should be upset too uh, you know but let's talk games let's talk games no let's I, I know let's talk games and that's where i just wanted to say you know it's kind of it's kind of like what we see every day in games man we we they're like i'm the one i'll say it. there is a double standard when it comes to xbox we are all used to seeing double standards it, it sucks that you know i'm not trying to relate you know what goes on in gaming to the problems in any country but we all see how a double standard can affect um, an organization uh, like Microsoft. Um, and definitely um, when it comes to double standards, that's where I feel like I, that's why I still want you here. I'll put it out there because, you know, at the end of the day, that's why the people, the fans, the community, the neighborhood, as I call it, come here every Sunday, uh, tune in to anybody here that has a, a YouTube channel. Um, because honestly, the people out there, they do have minds. Um, they can kind of see it with their own two eyes. Um, and that's why they tune into people like us. Um, definitely though, it really sucks that on Twitter or any real big platform, um, you're going to have a very loud, very loud vocal minority. And I don't care if we're talking politics or potholes in the street. Um, it's kind of funny. The loud vocal minority is always the one that seems to drown everybody out and kind of make the problem sometimes um a lot worse than it really needs to be um and it's really tragic that the things that went down to cause everybody to feel this way um this is you can already see that how just events like this can cause division with people and and make them feel emotional and that's where i've just been wanting to say we all need to stop down i mean to basically stop and in a way, unite and support each other, regardless of a difference of opinion. Um, because at the end of the day, I, I think it's really interesting that we're all ready to go to war over these governments and divide ourselves when it's just really honestly, you know, the governments of the world really make up a small population of the true population of the world. And us, the people, no matter what country you're in, we all need to stick together and support each other. Well, Centurion, just to add on to that, uh, well, actually, first, Jeremy, um, of course, hey, I'm always going to respect your wishes or anybody on the oh, show. Oh, no, I, I respect it. That, I respect it, you know, sadly. Oh, no, it, of course. That's where people need to realize that look at look at how he was not even in Washington, D.C., and he was affected by this. And that's mm. where I have to agree with the experts that, like, this whole situation has created a very large situation yeah and i just want to say that you know again i respect everybody's wishes and jeremy of course you're always welcome to come back brother um this is why i have always pushed for alt tech uh, for my own content i outsource it to places like BitChute, Minds, uh, I'm uh, there's uh, Odyssey, like there's all kinds of other platforms that you can use besides the main ones. Obviously, um, as far as Twitter goes, uh, right. the alternate sites would be uh, Parler, which again, like, is gonna get hammered soon by Amazon, unfortunately. But it is a really, really fantastic site. It's a nice alternate, as well. Even Gab. I know Gab has gotten a lot of crap before, but I mean, these are alternate platforms that are growing and people need a voice. And even when it comes to just being a content creator and sharing out uh, your videos, it's just it's important to branch out because, again, YouTube, again, like, OK, it's the big fish, for example. But if you really want to expand your reach and grow your audience, 
go there because yeah. you, you don't want to put all your eggs in one basket. This is, yeah. a, you know, exactly. And this is what's happening, too, because they're wiping out content creators even on YouTube right now as well. There's a there's a mass exodus and it's really scary. So, again, if you guys, if you are a content creator of any of any type, move your stuff to other platforms. And I do highly suggest BitChute. But, uh, guys, we'll move on here um, You know, after that little blurb. I do have to say, though, that I think we're still expecting Megatron to stop by. I'm not entirely sure, but uh, if he does, he'll be making his way in shortly. Um, and as a reminder, guys, we're... As I was just saying, we're on a variety of platforms for audio podcasting, Spotify, Apple, iHeartRadio, and more. As well, we do have a new addition to our video platforms. Along with BitChute, you can find TXR over on Rumble. And definitely check that out and give it a sub if you know you happen to be a Rumble user or, hey, or you know you just want to check out the site. Okay, guys, we will finally move on to... Well, the thick of things onto the topics, and as everyone knows, Xbox recently released the Xbox Series X and S this gen, or at the start of this gen. However, it looks like Xbox is already moving on to their next console edition. It was discovered that Microsoft has filed a trademark um, recently on December 29th for the name Xbox Series XS. Now, I'll keep this one open to anyone on the TXR crew who wants to start first on this. What do you guys make of this trademark, and will we be seeing a new Xbox Series X variant, well, relatively soon? You know, <laughs> I was laughing at this. I don't think there's any truth to it. Yeah, they did trademark it, but I think it has more to do with the... Uh, you know, just the terminology for everything you, you see on the side of the games that says XS on it. I think that has more to do with it than a new system. They're not going to give up or even throw another third system in the mix. Maybe, I mean, I think there was rumors that uh, maybe the uh, they're going to have a Series uh, X that is digital, all digital. I think that was another rumor that was out there. Uh, I do not think that there's any truth to that either. I mean, the only way I could see them doing that is if, you know, they want to be more competitive with Sony, the Sony PlayStation, which their digital version is at $400. And I could see them doing that to get them, you know, just the X's in home. So I think that has more to do with it than just, um, you know, what we're talking about, the third system. I think that might be it, but. Who knows at this point? I don't know what, what Centurion has to say about it, but yeah, totally. Well, what? Yeah, right. Well, um, I'm thinking right now, um, Microsoft is probably just doing what Downer said. They're uh, just kind of putting some uh, copyright out there for terms that they're already using on a lot of their packaging. Um, but. It all it is also kind of asinine to think that these companies are already planning a, another console when they can't even really get consoles into the homes of the people that need them now. Um, I I'm kind of sitting back, kind of thinking about the whole situation. Like, has anybody tried to really go out and buy any game console? Um, <laughs> I, I'm thinking like. I'm like in my head going. I think I've seen some Nintendo Switches sitting around, but I'm like anywhere I go, I haven't seen. An Xbox of any kind, uh, a PlayStation of any kind. Um, I'm just kind of like in my head going, oh my God, you know, 
if you know for some of these people if you or some people like even me all i have is a an xbox one x and a series x if i brick either one uh, i'm i'm basically down to one xbox um because i don't i'm just curious on how right now we're even talking about a, a potential third console when honestly these companies are trying to get the products that they already have into people's homes and that's already an uphill battle in itself um, so right now, I think it's just a little too soon to be talking about having another console come out. Um, that's at least the way I feel about it. I mean, it, regretfully. Centurion, it could be a future now where there could be a mid-refresh. A uh, oh, yeah, mid -refresh. Not, right, not right now. De yeah. Well, this is in preparation, future. right? So Right, in preparation, but that's where I'm even thinking, as like, is it really too soon then for... Is it still too soon? Um, and then XS. Oh man, um, people were beating that that you know the the confusion band uh, drum there for a while. So I'm kind of curious on how people would feel that now we have a console that has X and S in the name. Ooh. Like, because you already see you have the Xbox Series X, the yeah. Xbox Series S. Now you're going to have the Xbox S Series S X. Um, I don't know. At that point, it does start becoming a little confusing, I guess you call it. <laughs> and I'm not, and I don't like saying confusing. But at that point, I mean, you're almost like you know playing head games with people, like tongue twisters. Mm -hmm, definitely. Well, I there's a few interesting thoughts to this. I mean, obviously, it would make a lot of sense if they they're already testing out different models and whatnot they already have an idea of what they want their next iteration of an xbox series console is i mean i would imagine that it would be smaller uh with or without a disc drive that remains to be seen i would assume with one but you know would it have more storage as somebody in the chat here uh chris hughes he had an interesting thought and i even think phil had mentioned this a, a few months back uh i think the xs is a streaming stick could that be a possibility guys i mean uh, that would be the one thing i would think that would actually differentiate it so much to where you could not get it confused with a standard console mm-hmm and, yeah, and then there were rumors in Vader. I mean, you, we spoke about them a few months mm. ago about how that stick was almost a real thing or is going to be a real thing. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Phil, well, Microsoft in general, uh, everybody at Xbox, but Phil Spencer in particular has been very vocal about wanting to get to billions of gamers, wanting to get, well, not just Xbox, but Game Pass in particular, just onto everything. I mean, obviously, they have all these deals with Samsung and LG in place. But what about, you know, other TVs? What about older TVs? Um, you know, a lot of people still haven't upgraded. So a streaming stick would definitely help out there if somebody doesn't have a smart TV. And, yeah, it's just it's another avenue for them to uh, to sell games and get Xbox onto literally everything out there. But I, well, I also don't I could see it being that way because um, I've played a little bit with Series X. I mean, not Series X, uh, X Cloud. And I, I at least don't know at least what's going on with my situation. But I'll put a, at least I notice a little bit of lag. Um, I know you guys um, are using um, those uh, those Kishis 
to kind of get rid of some of the input lag between the controller and the screen. Yeah. Um, and that's where I honestly feel that maybe Microsoft has probably taken a step back and looked at the honest limitations with uh, streaming right now. And regretfully, with the situation with the pandemic, 5G probably didn't roll out as much as they probably wished it would have. And so this is one thing I will say Microsoft is good at. They are definitely good at pivoting. Um, they are good at building hardware. They always have hardware in development for something. Um, just because it never sees the light of day does not mean that it doesn't exist. We all know that with Xbox and Microsoft in general. Um, and they probably see the situation and they're probably wanting to find a way to get a much more cheaper localized hardware into people's homes to take advantage of xCloud because of the regrettable limitations with uh, what's going on right now. I, I think there's some truth to that. And, you know, you bring up a good point about the pandemic, but that's even more so to push xCloud right now. So imagine if they can bring out a stick and oh, you dude. can't even get these you can't even get these consoles in these doors right now. So well you know, also at that point, to add on to it, you think about the stick, man. Um, think about all the apps we got coming out now. Um, with yeah. Disney Plus, we got Discovery Plus, uh, History Channel Plus, all these apps, uh, HBO Max are starting to explode. And they're finding out that some of these yeah. apps are locked down to certain devices. But we talked about this in the past, how Microsoft and Sony both have kind of been neutral. There hasn't been really an app or anything that has been locked away from their device or and devices. This is where, you know, since you're on, this is where I think they kind of drop the ball in terms of opportunity goes. They can, uh, you know, do things on the iOS. I know that it's in development, obviously. They could do things with iOS where they it has to go through the web browser to, uh, you know, activate xCloud. Um Google on Google storefront, uh, you can just download the app. But I do think once if they create an application on your TV, you know, you can get it in homes and have them promote the crap out of it. And that's where I think that the opportunities lost somewhere um, where they can just push X cloud. You don't have to have a system. You can, you can play already. I think they just missed that mark for some reason. Um I I think they could take it to the next level with some yeah. of the deals that they have with Samsung and LG. Um, these um, these compute chips that they're using in the Series X and the Series S, if we were to take those chips and integrate them into these TVs, you now have integrated hardware in the television that would be able to do some of the computations um, for xCloud, and it's actually in the television. Like, you could have televisions right now that, that could be shipped out with a little thing on them that says uh, series, um, ser uh, series, you know, Xbox built in by, because they have the chip in the television that these consoles use to do most of this stuff. Well, there's some people right now who do not have consoles because, you know, they sold their system and they thought they're going to get X and maybe did not or S that did not. Um, I encourage you to, if you have a, you know, S 20 or a galaxy, a newer version to Dex your phone and play X cloud that way, subscribe to X cloud. And you can play, you have a built in Xbox where you could stream your games. All you really have to have is a controller, whether it's a PlayStation controller that does hook up to, uh, your Android device or an Xbox controller that does the same thing. Or you can go the Kishi route 
and uh, you know, just less less lag on that, where you can just hook that up to your phone, uh, and it works like a dream. You can you can dex your phone, uh, and have a built-in library of more than a hundred games. You know, so who well, needs you, a system when you have Xbox? Right. You told me to do a video on that, and actually, the funny part is, people still tune into that video today to basically check out. It's just like, oh yeah, this is all you need to do. You don't need a game console. You can actually use the cell phone in your pocket to basically create a bridge between your television and Microsoft servers. Hmm. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Uh, Shock, I'm curious about what your thoughts are on this. Uh, do you think that this trademark is something that we'll be seeing in the near future? Or, I mean, could it just be some kind of an error? Yeah, I mean, with that, it, I mean, it could be. I was just thinking it was like, x and s like how they mm. like package all of their stuff next to each other uh, but yeah it could be something like streaming or just something in the future it could be like obviously maybe not something right like right now but something they're building that here in the next few years they might understand where the market's going you know what you know what technology because they're always looking at the newest consoles they'll start years in development um so by that point it you know Sony might have a pro out and then they need to, you know, release something equivalent. Um, well, but yeah, you, hopefully they differentiate it a little bit <laughs> and maybe not with the name, but with the box, you know, make it pretty simple that, okay, this is this, you know, new console. If there is a midget yeah. refresh, who knows? Well, shock you and I both know Sony's doing whatever it takes to slim down that beast of a console. <laughs> <laughs> so that refresh is coming sooner rather than later. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. Well, yeah, the bloody thing that reminds me of a surfboard for crying out loud. Like, look at it. <laughs> I, I, I what, thought, the PS5? Yeah, I mean, I don't mind it. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I like the games that it, uh, that it plays and so on. I haven't had any issues with it, thankfully, but I haven't, I'm sitting right across from it, and it's like just the way that it's kind of spread outward because of the vents. It just reminds me of a surfboard for some reason. <laughs> um, speaking of the PS5, did you guys hear about the black ones? What do you mean? Uh, sure what happened? Oh, yeah, yeah, I've heard about those ones. All the black ones were canceled. The company uh, decided to uh, basically, uh, apparently their website had issues selling them. And uh, like normal fashion, uh, the people that think this stuff out started sending death threats to the company because they didn't get one. And what did the company do? They shut down and basically pulled back all the pre-orders and canceled everything. Wow. Jeez. Hey, what happened to the PlayStation 5 brick? And that news kind of just went away. If you think maybe because they're not selling systems anymore. But... No, they, rele they released <laughs> an update. I, it's kind of funny. Um, so, um, yeah, PS5's bricking. I think there was something going on with the software. Mm -hmm. Um and I've actually had some, I've seen some videos on YouTube and Twitter about like you, for some reason, people really watch these consoles very closely. And all of a sudden people were talking about how the fan started sounding different in the PS5 compared to what they were used to. Mm -hmm. um, so they're thinking that Sony in one of the updates actually started uh, like basically uh, picked up the fan speed. Um, and they've made, cause I remember I turned on my PS5 the other day and there was a big update. I mean, it took a 
few minutes for it to update. Yeah. So they definitely changed was, things. I think it was the fan in combination with the disk drive being activated, correct? I haven't had issues with the uh, disk drive. Yeah. Um, because, and I've been playing Godfall the entire so. time on disk. Mm, I heard a few different things. Like some people popped it open and it, there was like this little sticker that was like hitting against the fan that would make the noise. Um... Otherwise, yeah, there's there's a whole slew of different reasons. Um, I don't know. Actually, I need to start using my PlayStation more. I need to take advantage of uh, PlayStation Plus. So they got some pretty good games on there right now. Uh, so I have a confession. Mm -hmm. For the first time ever uh, since the PS3 era, I actually bought into the PSN network and got PS Plus. <laughs> wow. That was, that was literally uh, two, three weeks ago. I, I bought a year of PS Plus for 30 bucks on CD keys, and uh, I was just like, man, I don't know. I haven't ever done this. This doesn't feel right. <laughs> I would say with the PS5, it might be worth it right now because they oh, give no, you I all saw those that games for I free. I saw that library, definitely. Yeah, the PS Plus library is, like, really good. So that's why I was not like, just I'm the ones that are monthly, but the uh, collection... <laughs> Yeah, that's There's it. There's a bunch of games in yeah, there. Yeah, the co the collection, yeah. So the they difference were between because of that too. <laughs> the difference between <laughs> uh the di difference between Xbox and uh, Xbox Live and the PlayStation Plus games that you get is you actually get to keep the Xbox games. On PlayStation, they lock them if you don't have PlayStation. I heard that um, true with Xbox three six Xbox three sixty titles and older. Yeah. On Xbox One titles, they'll lock them. That's correct. So yeah, Xbox One likes them. Okay. So what? They used to so, not, or, or I guess no. So I guess they, they lock them again. Um, they only they've always locked the Xbox One when they first started their games with gold. It was in right. the three sixty area, so you could keep them. They never changed that for three sixty oh. or original Xbox. You keep those. But Xbox One, when they flipped and they were starting to like, hey, we're going to make our content newer like PS Plus was at the time, but we're going to lock them just like they did. However, lately, it hasn't been too great on the Xbox One side. But yeah. mm -hmm. Well, either way, guys, um, we all know that there will be some iteration, some future version of an Xbox Series console like in the works at some point. So it doesn't make sense that they would start having trademarks making the rounds uh whether this is a thing or not remains to be seen but it's still interesting that we are seeing some of these things pop up uh moving on fellas and for the last few years microsoft has been building up its internal profile it's uh, with studios and they're on the hunt for more however it looks like microsoft had high profile targets very early on before the launch of the original Xbox. Now, according to a Bloomberg report, Microsoft was making the rounds back in the year 2000 to try to acquire the likes of, well, massive household names like Nintendo, EA, and Square Enix. EA said a swift, no thanks. Uh, Nintendo apparently laughed their asses off at uh, the idea of it. <laughs> I'm literally quoting the article here. And they were also unsuccessful in bidding for Square Enix. And even Midway, too. Midway uh, had came up there because of uh, Mortal Kombat. 
So this is actually some pretty interesting commentary here, guys. Jeremy, I'll I'd like to start off with you here first, hearing your thoughts on this. Uh, this can you imagine how things would have looked early on if Microsoft had grabbed the likes of EA or Nintendo even or Midway early on in uh, the Xbox lifecycle? <laughs> you know, money doesn't always talk or work. In most cases, I think sometimes it's experience and, you know, industry credibility that matters pretty much. But uh, it's I think the question would be more interesting if you look at it like, would Nintendo have laughed if Xbox approached them today? And the answer to that is I highly doubt it, you know, because why? Because now Xbox is in a great position. They're well respected. Um, they have, uh, you know, they have tenure in the industry. They have, you, you know, you have a say, um, that Zenimax deal was huge for them. Um, and you know, people are taking notice. They're afraid they're in, in a lot of ways. They're afraid of Xbox right now. They're afraid of Microsoft and it's all for good reasons on, you know, it's just for the simple fact that, um, they're forced to be reckoned with right now. And they can go out because they have the money and the green light to pretty much do what they want. You know, and it all started with with Minecraft, with the acquisition when they purchased Minecraft for what was it like two point four billion or something like that. And I, I know for a fact they already got their money back on that deal because Minecraft has been asked, you know, it's been huge. Uh, it, it still is huge. It's a game that continues to grow. Um, and you know, they're looking for things like that. And Bethesda makes games like that. And they're, they make games that, you know, people want and that people want to play. And, uh, now that Xbox has them and they have IP tremendous IPs, you know, like Quake, like Wolfenstein, <clears throat> like the Fallout series, um, like the Elder Scrolls series. Uh, it's a good it's a good time to be an Xbox, and this this doesn't even include um, just everything else that Xbox has right now. Uh, and I think Tim said it best. What it's over thirty studios. I think it was that yeah. many. How many? How many did he say? Off the top of my um, head, I think it's like just under thirty five. Okay, <clears throat> under thirty five. Who can say that in this industry? Nobody. So we're going to get to a point to where, um, you know, when you think about gaming and I, you know, it's going to be the same thing as, you know, when you think of coffee, you think of Starbucks. When you think of burgers, I know I think of In-N-Out. I'm a Cali guy, but, you know, but when I think of burgers, you, you know, most people think of McDonald's. But when you think of gaming, what's the first word that comes to your mind? And I think... We're eventually going to get to the point now where to where Xbox is going to be on that level. When you think about gaming, when you turn on your TV, the application, the xCloud application is going to be on your TV. When you, you know, you want to play on your phone on the go, uh, you're going to have that Xbox app. And when you want to play on a console, um, you know, you're going to have uh, Xbox, uh, you know, there and now. So I think Xbox is going to get to a point now where uh, if you think about gaming, it's synonymous uh, with gaming. And, you know, just I laugh at the fact that thinking about it now, how would Nintendo have reacted 
if uh, Phil would have approached him today. And I think you'd probably get a different reaction than they did back in 2000 when they were laughed at. Because at that point, Xbox, you know, they really didn't have the pedigree. They didn't have the experience. They were new at this. And, um, you know, I think now it'd be a different result for sure. Well, we probably would have got great titles like uh, Forza Mario Kart and uh, Zelda uh, first-person shooter. (laughs) 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 Um, I think that's why I was like, the pedigree? I think Nintendo at the time would have saw like, oh my god, could you imagine Donnie D having access to the Mario franchise? Oh boy. Anyways, that's I think the landscape would have been totally different for sure. I just see, you know, I'm going to be up front. Uh, the executives over at Nintendo, Nintendo is kind of like its own special thing. Um, you can tell the executives over there, yes, they like money, but they also care about the products that they put out and that the, the ecosystem that they have spent a lot of time creating. Um, and they just didn't want somebody to come in and just kind of like purchase this ecosystem and not really have any, I would say, said respect for it. Um, because like you said, Microsoft didn't have the pedigree at the time, but they also they were a software company, a well, hardware company. They did Windows. I mean, they did PCs, but they they did PCs for people to run a business or to. They weren't building Windows for somebody to like game. Well, um, they do. I mean, they did have franchises, you know, for PC, like uh, obviously Mech Warrior. Um, you know, a couple of the simulator games like Flight Sim, Age of Empires, see, and so on. They, they. It's not like they didn't have. It's not like they, it's not like they were like heavily invested into like um, I, I guess wanting to aim for gaming um, because you kind of see um, they didn't really I want to say it was interesting during the Xbox the original Xbox era when we had like the Rock out there helping Bill Gates on stage show the original Xbox. I even make jokes on, uh, you know, like, where's where's some celebrities like that nowadays helping us reveal these new consoles? Um, But uh, definitely, I think they didn't... In my mind, I really saw Xbox really starting to hit their stride when it came to gaming during the Xbox 360 era. And then, obviously, they had a little bit of short of a stumble there a few years after that. Um, I just feel Microsoft may have not been ready for something like that at the time. But definitely, I like the approach on at least the person, whoever they interviewed, said, you know, the idea of we do really good hardware, you guys do really good software, let's make a deal. So it also wasn't out of the the realm of ordinary for them to even try, you know, sort of can happen, you know, you say no. Um, But also, let's look at the object at the time, technically, um, at the time this offer was made, Nintendo was technically getting kind of whooped on by uh, PlayStation for sure. Um, and the other consoles that they released to compete with the PlayStation and Sega didn't exactly go over well. Because well, this act- was before no, the- actually, to the Nintendo 64 was hugely successful. But- it was successful, but it was not as yeah. successful as the NES. Like, it, well, like that's, no, of course you can't. And that, and that's where yeah. they were. Re, that's where they were weighing it against like 
technically they didn't have their their lightning in a bottle moment again until the Wii came out, which was after Microsoft had made this offer. So at the time, Microsoft maybe thought that they actually had a chance, not realizing that uh, Nintendo, it wasn't always about the money. It was, you know, about somebody who's going to respect the product that was created and grown. Because, um, I mean, I mean, some of these executives over at Nintendo have literally been there their whole lives. Um, yeah, and I think I think Xbox now is looking at just other avenues of retail too i mean just look at what minecraft did on the merchandising side for them oh gosh. and what they're able to do you know with legos and the plushie toys and just everything in general the business side to that i mean it's an it's a huge business in itself and i think you're going to get the same effect uh, with the Zenimax deal, I mean, just think Zenimax of the possibilities. Zenimax was already building a rela- uh, building a relationship with Nintendo. Um, yeah. We got, um, I know we got uh, Wolfenstein on there. Um, I, there's a there's a couple titles that have popped up from Bethesda on Nintendo. Um, this is the generation. Well, not only that, I'm talking about the merchandising side with the toys, like you know, oh, the that, Fallout that Boy. Too. That too. But what I'm saying is. Microsoft, uh, this is one of the things that also kind of Microsoft probably saw as value to this ZeniMax purchase is they have already built a relationship with Nintendo um, and Microsoft has been trying to build a relationship with Nintendo. Um, That's why we're seeing um, like Banjo show up on Nintendo. Um, They have always um, had a good relationship with Nintendo and they have always looked to make this relationship stronger. And I feel like the Bethesda purchase or Zenimax purchase, whatever you want to call it, um, was definitely another way to help strengthen that because now Nintendo is going to be able to probably have a little bit more of um, software on their, uh, their platform in the fact that they're already working together with Microsoft in some small way. Definitely. I mean, if that made sense, I know this totally went down a different direction. No, I totally. Totally. Just, I just kind of wonder how, again, things would have gone if, for example, Microsoft bought Square Enix early on. You know, that way they could have had, you know, a steady supply of those uh, Japanese market games going into their system. Because, oh. so. Yes. Um, you know, I, re- I remember, I remember that deal. Um, or when they tried to approach Square Enix about that. Um, at the time, I think they were just Square. I forgot exactly when they acquired uh, Enix. No, according to the article, they were just Square at the time. They had not purchased right. Enix. Yeah. 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 So, it, but, yeah, um, Enix didn't come along until, yeah. like, I think, midway. Yeah. And then, and then Xbox got some nice Square Enix titles. Um, n- nothing on, you know, as far as the PlayStation uh, content that they got, but they still got significant titles um, from Square at the time. So, I mean, when sometimes uh, a non-win is still a win <laughs> in the gaming well, industry. Anyway. To bring Square to the 360 was the bigger, to take away like Final Fantasy of being right. like exclusive. See, yeah. and, and that's where I, I kind of it shows how Microsoft wasn't really too fully invested in gaming per se until the 360 era. And even then they weren't 
they weren't as invested as they are now. We're they're over here buying up everything they can during the 360 era. They passed on BioWare and they allowed EA to pick that up. Um, obviously, they tried to buy EA before that, and EA kind of didn't want nothing to do with them. Um, it, it just really stinks that Microsoft um, kind of is just now at that point realizing that they should have been growing these studios all along. Well, if I may interject, I do have to say, though, I, I do have to give credit to Microsoft early on because they were still aggressive in getting studios. Well, they were purchasing content from studios, but they weren't growing studios. They were just like walking over with a, like, kind of like with Nintendo, walking over with a suitcase well, full of cash, saying, hey, what can you sell us? What can we put on our console? Hey, and under Peter Moore and, and Donnie D, it was a 10 year, 10 to 11 year neglect of mm-hmm. no investment in studios. Now, yeah, or if they did invest more... in a studio, they lost studios. So they netted zero yeah. gaining. I think, I think, and I'm just guessing here. I think their thought process was let these companies create, uh, let them, uh, you know, just stay independent, be the companies that they are without any huge corporation interjection. Uh, and we'll fund it. You know, we'll publish it. We'll, we'll, we'll put our name on it. Uh, just get this game made. And I think it kind of backfired for their future plans. Um, you know, I think that's what, that's what happened. But well, then you could no go for it, Invader. I'm sorry. Oh no, it's okay. I just I just want to add though to my point that it's not like Xbox were doing nothing because they got they acquired Bungie right and they got their most valuable franchise out of that bill, over billion dollar franchise Halo. True. Uh, not only that, they also created I believe they created Turn Ten as well, which also again Forza is a massive massive racing uh, and, and series. And then they. Uh... They helped fund uh, with Epic Games and Gears of War. They put a lot of effort in. I still now that's where I think Microsoft um, kind of got caught up and realized that they they had messed up. Was I think that's where they realized the big problem was going to happen was what happened with Epic Games when Epic Games made that decision that they no longer wanted to do Gears of War and they sold Xbox this franchise. And now Xbox is like, well, what the hell do we do with it? We don't have a studio. And I, I, I don't think they said that. I don't no, think exactly they, they said that because whoa, they remember. knew they had a monster hit. And, you know, it just the matter of someone developing it was, you know, it was just a matter of time. And they found they found developers for well, they quick. Found, well, if you, you look, know, that's right. how Black Tusk, they went to Black Tusk saying, yeah. hey, did you want to do Gears? And now we have the coalition. Um, so. That's where it's really sad that, you know, we're all Xbox fans, but we can't deny the fact that there was a period of time where rather than also growing studios at the same time, they relied heavily on a lot of third party and second party studios to basically cook their software for them. And then all of a sudden the deal went down with Epic Games um, Lionhead with the Fable franchise, um, Platinum Studios with Scalebound. And that was, it was like that one was like a combination after, of it was like a combination. Avalanche. It was like an avalanche, and it was kind of like, well, it's kind of like, well, what happens with an avalanche? You know, you you call a rescue team. They didn't have <laughs> this rescue team, man. They didn't. They were like, oh, we had this avalanche. Where's all our our rescue studios? Mm. Oh crap! I knew we forgot to do something. Well, and I- and that's where it's like, all right, and you know, regretfully. 
um, that happened. But I did like the stuff that came out of Xbox, even though during that that time that there was a little bit of a drought, as we'll call it. Um, but I still feel the software that came out of the few studios that they had was enough because it was like, this is some quality stuff. I enjoyed it. And it was what I was looking for. Well, you know, it, oh, no, sorry. sorry to. Yeah, yeah go but, ahead. I remember those times since you're on. There were dark times in the, you know, in the Xbox era, especially <laughs> they those, were dark times. those times. We were scurrying around yeah. hiding. Dude, those were dark. Those were dark times. I mean, we're talking about. Um, you know, we didn't know the future of Xbox. You know, we heard the rumors from Lionhead. We heard the rumors from Scalebound and, and Platinum Games. And we're wondering what was going on with Xbox and their system. And it was just a combination, like I said, an avalanche of problems uh, that just happened. And, you know, along came Phil and, and he slowly but surely built up things to where it is today. And I think, yeah, I would have liked it a little bit quicker and faster to the gun but uh we we are where we are now uh i guess it doesn't doesn't matter how long it takes to get to the top of the mountain you just gotta get there right and well it's actually kind of funny i was watching some stuff on youtube uh last night and we got to remember what master yoda told luke skywalker that failure is actually honestly the greatest teacher in life and basically out of all the failures that microsoft has had they are much stronger now as a result of it and we're going to see this coming definitely in the future that they are going to be a powerhouse um especially now that they have kind of stepped in it and had some stumbles along the way and they've got a good direction they've got their eye on the ball and as long as they can keep this momentum going i really see big things for the xbox ecosystem you, you believe it or not platforms like um well just Content and gen- content creators like um, TXR been, that been around for a long time. They're one of the first. I'm not going to say they were the first. They were one of the first. Um, you have others um, that have been in the game a long time, and you know you look at a place where they are now. Um, I think they've helped build a lot of these companies. Um, believe it or not, we have a say. We have input in the direction of, of our favorite company of our favorite box. And I do think some of them listen to the, you know, whether it's this podcast or another podcast, uh, I do think they, they take it into consideration feedback, you know, whether it's bad feedback or good feedback, feedback is good in general. Um, you know, so I, I do think, um, Oh, no, there's examples of feedback. Um, as a matter of fact, for a subject later on in the show, you know, they took a lot of feedback on something and yeah. it was like 50 50. So like, you know, what happens when you take enough feedback um, from the community and like it's at a 50 50 point and you got to make this decision. So Microsoft definitely yeah. takes a lot of feedback from that's what I love about them. Like, I'm not trying to be a jerk, but I'm sorry. The executives over at, at PlayStation really act like they're too good to really hang out with the community. You never ever hear about them hanging out with their community. Um, but meanwhile, I see like, I hear stories of like uh, 108 dragons talking and hanging out with uh, Phil Spencer, you guys hanging out with Phil Spencer, Larry Erb, Aaron Greenberg. I mean, like I hear all these stories uh, from E3, you know, we hung out with this executive, we did this with that um, developer. And I never really hear about anybody from over in the PlayStation camp, even 
kind of their uh, their developers, like even their developers are very stoically silent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, I will say, though, even early on for Xbox, do you remember the big, big studio purchase that made like a ripple effect early on in 2002? That was Microsoft's purchase of Rare Guys, and that was for... <laughs> that, and that's where people thought, like, all of a sudden, they were gonna be like, oh my god, we're going to have this game, that game, this game, that game, mm-hmm. and, well, you know... We, okay, yeah. so Rare was... Rare was like uh, Nintendo at the time. Yeah. They were creating some nice... They were they were carrying oh, t- uh, Nintendo in, in many respects. They thought but... they were gonna get like Banjo Kazooie three. They got yeah. Banjo. They got Banjo Nuts and Bolts. Um, a good game, not a horrible game, but nothing like that's, Banjo and that's when you Banjo buy the company, too. but not the talent. Like a lot of their key people, like thirty yeah, of them left, left yep. when Microsoft purchased them just like overnight. They're like, um, bye. So the the perfect dark for Nintendo sixty four. That was a game like a cult classic, and I heard the Xbox 360 Perfect Dark wasn't really eh. Yeah, I mean, it would have happened. People feel like uh, Microsoft killed them. No, those games were gonna, those were supposed to be GameCube exclusives. I remember reading at EGM that Perfect Dark Zero, you were seeing screenshots of it, it was coming to GameCube exclusive until that happened, until that deal went down. So Mm -hmm. they didn't kill them, their talent was already leaving. Yeah, even Cameo. Cameo was supposed to be on uh, GameCube. But uh, I actually exactly. like Cameo, to be honest. Cameo's a great game. Very mm-hmm. underrated game. Oh, very yeah. underrated. I played that game actually during the 360 era. I picked that game up on a whim over at a GameStop, and I played that game from start to finish. Yeah. Yeah, that's... Uh... Yep. It's a shame the sequel never saw like the light of day. If you looked at some of the uh, some of the concepts for it, uh, it looked really impressive with what they were going for. I remember when Rare Replay came out. I thought that was the coolest thing since sliced bread. I was like, I'm going to have access to all these games from all these generations from Rare. Uh, and I remember the fr- I hammered out Banjo-Kazooie within the first days of getting it. Um, the perfect dark game, at least the original on 64. Uh, Banjo-Kazooie 2. Um, dude, I remember even going back and playing a little bit of Viva Pinata with my wife. Um, yeah. I completely could not, it was just mind blowing to just be like, I could not believe how much rare games I was playing back in the day. You know, and part, that's part of my fear with their purchase of Zenimax is, uh, you know, man, they underutilized the IPs they have with rare for sure. Uh, in my opinion, I think now they're making a couple of them, uh, but it has nothing to do with Rare. But um, I just wish that they do their due diligence in terms of, um, you know, just making these IPs shine, making them the good, making them really good, and you know that way just people, everybody can play them. Mm-hmm. No, definitely, definitely, Jeremy. So uh, no, and that's where I'm not trying to hop back in, but I just wanted to point out like what Zinc said about sea of thieves that is a big thing right there um a game like sea of thieves in my opinion i'm sorry could really only exist on the xbox ecosystem because i just feel that the community online is not there for playstation to take a title like sea of thieves and have it exist there so i really feel that rare is at home at microsoft and definitely um 
I know Sea of Thieves has been an uphill battle for some people, um, but we're really, I just couldn't see Rare being anywhere else other than Microsoft at this point. Well, you look at how long it's been since their acquisition. It's been 18 years. I mean, right. they're ingrained in Xbox Studios. <laughs> so No, I, and that's yeah. where I just really, and definitely that's one of the things that I at least like about Microsoft is that they are willing to deal uh, or want to invest in developers that are wanting to think outside the box and try new things yeah. rather than, hey, we have this great cookie cutter formula of a game. Can you build something on it? Yeah, I don't. I don't think the Sony platforms lost. I think I do think a, a game like Sea of Thieves could be successful on their platform. I mean, could shit, be, look at Fallout. Look at some... look at Fall. Look at Fallout guys. Uh, that's a perfect example. I mean, they, Fallout guys is crazy on PlayStation. I think they have so many concurrent players. Uh, a lot Fall of players. Guys. You mean you mean Fall guys? Like now, Fall that's guys. where is the Fall guys or Fallout guys? <laughs> uh, no, Fall I, guys. Fall guys. I know like, they basically <laughs> I know the game you're talking about. Um, and that's where I that's here's the thing. That game literally was like an instant success on PlayStation because why? A lack of a game like that on their system. That's where I, I it, like that's where I'm not I'm basically I'm saying that we see how much investment and how uh, Microsoft has basically when Microsoft is like people are like well what games you got my Microsoft you know they're going to automatically blurt out Sea of Thieves I just don't really see if my, PlayStation was in control of a game like that I don't really see that being as something they would mention they'd be like oh we got God of War Horizon Zero Dawn and yeah. some other great first place and you know first player exclusives and uh, I just feel that they're not as invested in an online ecosystem um, because that's basically their bread and butter is single player games. And that's where I just, I feel like a game like CO thieves would definitely be overshadowed by every single one of their single player games. And I look at a game like among us, uh, you know, that just, they, people don't realize that among us has been in existence for a little while now, you know, and it's just almost like, People think it's a new game on new platform. Yeah, it's on new platforms like you know iOS and stuff like that. But Among Us is huge now. I mean, it's a it's a crazy streaming game. Everybody's playing it, and it's made a lot of money. Um, so yeah. I had to go look up that game because I was just like, "What is?" Surprise! It's coming everywhere, but PlayStation. That's weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know that is. Um... Interesting that you bring that up. Yeah, actually, I think it's coming to Game Pass now that I think about it very soon. So uh, I, I think it's already out on the PC Game Pass, but I know it is coming to uh, the console Xbox very soon. Uh, massive, massive player base right now, and I, I'm definitely going to dabble in it. It seems to be the, you know, uh, the addiction at the moment, so I'll give it a go. We got to get a game. We got to get a game with all of us playing yeah. You know, it'd be a TXR versus, uh, you know, the, the chat room. <laughs> Definitely. Well, you know, there are, there's been some talks with uh, some other podcasts. So uh, get a nice, like, you know, a Rocket League game or, uh, you know, just something competitive would be pretty cool. So we'll, that will definitely get something in the work sometime soon. Uh, I, I would definitely like that. Um, but yeah, guys, it's interesting hearing these uh, comments made uh, from this report, uh, you know, with 
Xbox's history of uh, going after big companies, what their uh, mindset was. So uh, it's pretty cool uh, hearing all that. Um, continuing on to some other news. And it seems like Xbox is interested in adding some new features to its controllers. An Xbox console experience survey has been making the rounds with some interesting questions. Going as far to ask if users are aware of features on PlayStation controllers uh, that they wish were on Xbox controllers. Obviously, not too long ago we were discussing recent patents with haptic feedback. I think that was actually last week uh, in an Xbox controller. Um, you know what, Centurion, I'll start with you on this one. Uh, what do you make of this survey? Um, what else um, could we see added to an Xbox controller? Oh, well, I did say it here at first. I really did. Uh, <clears throat> I really do see something like haptic feedback kind of being used uh, more on Xbox's studios because... To be honest, we you've even agreed with me to really see the true advantage of haptic feedback or these triggers or blowing into the controller through a microphone. You got to play Astro's Playroom. That's pretty much the one game right now that really shines when it comes to the full functionality of the PS5 controller. Mm-hmm. No, and I, I, but, do, I do agree with you on that. I mean, I have a PlayStation 5, as uh, I think we said the last show. And really, aside from, I mean, Astro's Playroom does use it pretty well. But aside from that, I mean, it's, you know, it just, a lot of it's just a tech demo while it is enjoyable. Other than that. Oh, it it is obviously a tech demo. No, definitely. Obviously. Um, But that's what I thought it was. That's what I thought it was like, because you're going into a world called, oh, check out the GPU. Let us show you the PS5 GPU with haptic feedback. (laughs) So, um. So, but that's where I've kind of read some of the stuff about haptic feedback, about a lot of people turning it off, especially um, in situations where there's real aggressive rumble because the triggers, I guess, were resisting them so much that they actually broke the trigger. Um, I was kind of, I was kind of interested. I'm kind of confused on that one. I've, I haven't had a situation where I've literally had to pull the trigger that hard, but I guess it's happened. And I guess a few people have actually broke the trigger right off of the controller. Um, well, I could see just the normal wear and wear and tear of machinery and parts, moving parts inside, you know, controller or anything for that matter could ruin, uh, you know, could ruin something, you know, well, I, just, I just, not only that, but with haptic feedback turned on, uh, your battery power is crap. Um, yeah. Yeah, uh, so exactly. from the groups I've talked to, people who play Astro's Playroom, they'll get about four or five hours out of a controller. Uh, if the haptic feedback is turned on and you're using it aggressively, uh, it'll eat up the battery in that controller very quickly. Uh, where if you play a game without haptic feedback, the controller will last like four times that. Um, so it's very interesting um, that Microsoft is starting to ask these questions. Um, I'm pretty sure Microsoft, at least with their solutions, because we all know they use a bigger battery. I don't know if they're going to have a battery issue. Um, This is definitely going to be something totally optional. Uh, I really see something like this uh, really interesting them because let's look at the adaptive uh, Xbox controller. Um, 
you know, in my mind, I can only imagine that there's probably not like much rumble to an adaptive controller. So I would really like to see them take this technology and actually some way um, integrate it and make basically improve the experience with people with the adaptive controllers. And I really feel technology like this is a good way to do that because we're seeing some really fun stuff in the PlayStation controller itself. And it's it really just goes to show how these companies are always taking notes from each other. You know, when Microsoft came out and showed the uh, Series X, wasn't it um, Mark Cerny or whatever his name was in the crowd, pulled out a notepad and started actually writing down notes while the yeah. Series X was being shown? Um, so these these hardware manufacturers or developers actually really love seeing the kind of stuff these guys cook up. This is competition. This is what drives the industry. Yeah, and- so... Yeah, I mean, since we're on technology, and I'm sorry if I cut you off, but no, you're right. I'm um, I think it's really cool, though. I always said this yeah. this needs to be on an Xbox controller. So I've I've been currently buying things uh, that have been enhancing my gaming experience. So, for example, I purchased uh, the Philips Hue lighting system. Again, I you know I said this last podcast, but uh, it just what's on screen that's what display you know it and i hate you color. by the way now when i walk through best buy i'm starting to look at that crap dude like, oh i can have i can have it, it where it when i so freaking watch cool. star wars the millennium falcon goes across my wall i'll tell you what if you buy a sync box i'll buy you your first lights how about that if you buy you gotta show it to me though you gotta buy a what if you buy a sync box i'd buy you your first lights I'll, all right, I'll check out the same See, Now I'm starting to look at that stuff. That's the only thing that's funny. <laughs> yeah. So I I purchased the Philips Hue sync box along with the lights, um, and now I have this new uh, this new headset, which I was talking to Invader about, and it's the Razer Nari Ultimate. It's the HyperSense. Um, it has some intelligent haptics in it, so it's kind of weird when you play that your head is rumbling and moving with the music, and it, it's just it's crazy to think that you know, yeah, your fingers are rumbling with the with the rumble controller. Now you have a headset, and now with the lights, it's just a different experience. It's a different way of playing games. Uh, but I do um, recommend these the Razer headset. Uh, it is a good piece of tech. Uh, it not only does it have the THX um, uh, spatial audio, but like I said, it has that technology built in, which is the haptic uh, feedback for your ears. Um, and it's just a good piece of, of technology. The, the headset itself is very loud, and it's 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 good audio. So I do recommend it. But yeah, that offer still stands. It still stands, Centurion. So if you get um, your sync box for the Philips Hue, I'd buy you your first pair of lights, buddy. All right. And I I really appreciate that. I I am humbled. Really, thank you. Very nice. I, I no, I'm gonna, like wow. No, it's like getting all mushy on the show now. <laughs> and Bader, and Bader, you gotta you gotta buy these this headset, man. It's really good. Well, yeah. Well, we yeah. Well, we were going uh, chatting back and forth about that, and I am definitely in the market for it. I mean, anybody in the chat that can recommend me uh, a very good headset, let me know. Uh, just based. On I got your the own Steel Series. I got the Steel Series Seven X, uh, the ones specifically for Xbox. 
because I got hooked on that little slogan of 24 hour battery life. Mm -hmm. I bought these things in November and I've charged them twice, maybe three times. Wow. That's pretty good. I mean, like they last forever. I'm a fan. I like the wireless. I mean, I'm sorry. I like the wired, wired headsets. To me, they're just better audio-wise, and they're a little bit more reliable. I have a wired headset for when, like, uh, I have the Platonics that came with the Adobe Atmos code. I bought those for that moment, but I am too damn ADD to sit in place for that long. I had to get wireless because I constantly would, I was in situations where I'd stand up and walk off and forget that I was hooked onto a wire (laughs) and then pull the controller along with me like an anchor. No. Yeah, no, I definitely got to get a new headset. Uh, both of those that you guys recommended, I will. I am. I have been looking into them for a few weeks now. Uh, even the, the Lucid headsets, I've heard very good things about. Um, again, all of them. I've heard are, a lot about Lucid. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, all of them are pretty penny for the more premium ones. But uh, regardless, I mean, I do want a decent headset. But I'll continue to look into those. Um, Getting a little more um, focus on the topic, though. Would you guys consider having uh, sort of like, well, actually, exactly like the PlayStation uh, DualSense. Would you guys want a mic built into the controller? Yeah, I mean... I don't know how Centurion or Shockley feels about that mic, but I really, really like the feedback. It, it's just a different experience, you know. It's just, I think it, it, uh, it. I was just wanting to comment real quick, Downer, that I think that mic would work well because of XCloud. Having your phone hooked up to that thing right there, you'd be able to play online multiplayer in party chat. Yep, that's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that's why I think Xbox is really looking into this, because obviously if they're putting it into this survey, they've looked at the PlayStation controller, the DualSense 5, and they're like, well, hey, you know, they got some good ideas here. It's possible. I mean, it's possible that they're looking into this. I'll even throw this out there. Could we see these features or, you know, one, you know a couple of them introduced in a hypothetical, but I mean, it's it's more than likely an X, uh, Xbox Elite Series 3 controller? Yeah, that's a that's a great point, Invader, and I do think uh now with the, you know, the Series X and the S, I do think the Elite 3 uh, is a real thing. I think they're working on it now uh, as we speak or at least the design and just the early stages of it. But yeah, I do I do think that's a good point. Mhm. Totally. Um, Shockley, buddy, uh, could you see some of these uh, DualSense uh, controller features making its way to uh, the next Xbox controller, whether it be uh, a revised uh, standard controller or even uh, the next iteration of the uh, the Elite series? Yeah, I'm sure they'll probably have more of like uh, probably some of the haptic. um, That would make more sense. Uh, probably some if they did anything with the adaptive triggers, it'd probably be in the like next like series controller. Um, but like what we're hearing right now with the dual sense is some of those are breaking um, just because I guess you can only simulate so much like in you know testing. Um, but I guess some of the mechanics because it's basically there to kind of resist you know your press downs on you know if you want to adjust it that way. Um, 
but here some of those are kind of breaking so maybe they're you know who knows <laughs> but um but yeah if they did put it in there they'd probably spend the you know r&d and like use like in those series controllers they usually use you know metal parts and not plastic mm-hmm. um which i guess would probably help you know keeping any of those from what i've seen with the mechanism i think that's plastic inside that does the resisting for the uh, dual sense from what i recall um but yeah i could definitely see some of those you know especially they'll probably see how it goes and you know how how many studios really you know implement it like third parties i know see uh cod has so far but mm-hmm. they'll yeah. probably see because they did have rumble triggers before and not many games outside of fours that really did anything with it so yeah you're right probably looking at i like them too cool. i like them the uh the yeah. rumble triggers yeah it's nice to have it especially if you're playing like fours and motorsport uh especially with like the braking if you have some of those higher um or basically the higher difficulties where you take off some of the you know, uh, I guess tra- training wheels, I'd say, um, you can kind of feel more of the, like, okay, I'm starting to like gradually hit maybe the side of the road with the, uh, I guess what you'd call it on the, before you go actually off road, you can kind of feel that, that tension or that not tension, but the, uh, that, uh, rumble that's kind of simulating that similar tension. So, so in uh, Godfall, they have a, a thing where, um, when you basically R1 is a light attack, R2 is a heavy attack. In R2, you can barely push the trigger and it will start to resist you. And that's when you'll see him pull the sword back and charge it up. And that's where you actually pull back, pull it past the resistance, and you'll actually almost feel like a click. It's weird. <clears throat> and when you get past that click, that's when you see him like basically swing that sword after you charged it up. So it's really interesting that they're actually using the haptic feedback almost like it's almost like it's like the button has two stages to it. Does that make sense? Hmm. That'd be cool on like Gears of War where you're trying to reload and you're trying to fire your gun to it. You just it's it's jamming on you and you feel that jam. It'd be pretty cool. Yeah. Especially with something like the torque bow, you know, you can feel the tension in the bow. I think that'd be pretty cool. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's it's pretty cool that Xbox are you know getting everyone's opinion about this, uh, the consumer feedback. And uh, would you care if I um, added something real quick before we? Uh, of course, I, I see care. something in the chat. I know I want to. Ho- oh, okay, fine. I wanted to holler at fun speculation real quick. I'm gonna come after you, Centurion, just for saying that. All right. No, I'm kidding, bud. Go right ahead. Well, I just see like with the conversation. So everybody says like the Bluetooth on their PC sucks. Um, so Steel Series headphones do not use Bluetooth. They actually, at least the ones I got and the ones I've been looking at, um, they come with a dongle, which is faster than Bluetooth. You, it comes with a wire, and you put the dongle on the end of the wire. Um, and you, there's a switch on the back and you basically let this dongle know if you're hooking it up to either Xbox or PC. Um, and I mean, it's pretty quick when I turn my headset on, it's almost instantaneously linked to my Xbox. When my other headsets take like four or five seconds to actually link up to it. Um, so the steel series, uh, headphones use a dongle and they don't use Bluetooth or anything like that. It's basically proprietary wireless receiver equipment that they've built themselves and that's where you go with wired <laughs> well that's where you, but now the cool thing is though with the dongle 
It also fits into the bottom of the USB-C port on your cell phone. So you can actually plug this into the bottom of your cell phone and use it on your cell phone too. Mm. All right. All right. Uh, oh, we got a super chat from Infinite for $10 US. Uh, great show tonight, boys. Everyone hit that like button. Hey, thanks, buddy. Really appreciate that. And you know what, guys? That's uh, that's a pretty good tip there. I think you should uh, follow Infinite's directions there and just smack the like button. All right, moving on to, well, it'll be our last topic of the evening, guys. And as a lot of people uh, have wondered why Xbox has yet to move on from batteries in the controllers, its competitors have rechargeables in their respective controllers, but it's looking like it could be because of, well, a partnership uh, with a battery maker, uh, Duracell, to be specific. In an interview with outlet Stealth Optional, Luke Anderson, the UK marketing manager for Duracell, recently revealed that there's always been this partnership with Duracell and Xbox in place. The deal to supply a battery product for Xbox consoles and also the controller's battery. So that deal is going to go on for a while. It's, it's been going on for a while, and I think it needs to go on for a while more. So, I mean, that's definitely something to read into there. Uh, Shockley, buddy, I'll start with you here. With this deal in place, is Xbox restricting itself from advancing onto what its competitors are doing? Or, I mean, or is Xbox, is what they're doing fine? Because, again, as a lot of people know, it's all about giving options, and options are pretty good in the end, right? So what's your take? Yeah, I don't think it's stopping anything at all i mean you can it literally gives you the option of both i've had the two uh or basically with the rechargeable pack like day one when the xbox one dropped they still hold pretty good charge so like it cost me like 10 or 20 bucks to get that battery um or you can just use um on amazon you can have a lot of times especially if you play anything that has any like retro consoles that use batteries, whether it's like Wavebird, things like that. Um, you can literally buy the uh, inner loop batteries that Panasonic makes and they last for even longer. So you can literally just pop them in. Oh, if it's dead, I don't have to plug in a cord and be wired while I'm charging the cable. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> and, the, and the battery on the dual, even if I'm not using a game that has any of those features, like those... Uh, like the haptic feed it well i think the haptic's pretty much always on but the uh like the resisting and all that stuff just playing like fall guys the thing you, you need to charge it after you know a good good you know maybe four or five hours of playing fall guys straight the thing's gone um or not even if it's just sitting there and i haven't charged it i don't even remember the last time i even charged like i know it's the elite series 2 controller i don't think i've charged that in like over a month like that battery is still going, and my other regular controllers, like the new ones uh, for Xbox, they Dude, have a that, good charge, and I don't charge them very often either. That Elite controller battery in the Elite Two is a beast. That thing is insane. Like I, I can't even remember the last time I I just keep pulling it out, and it's like, oh, it's still almost fully charged. I'm like, ow. <laughs> yeah. If you can get see, if you can get the battery life that you have. 
or the battery in the the Elite 2 and put those in the controllers that you have, it'd be in it a great. I mean, it just it'll save people money. At the same time, yeah, you can charge a little more for the controllers, but I think and that's it makes the better sense for route. them since they're forward compatible. Yeah, uh, like yeah, like the DualShock 4, well, you're for some reason you can't use it on PS5 games, but someone yeah. did say, "Hey, you can use a fight stick from the PS4 to play Spider-Man Miles Morales on the PS5, <laughs> but you can't use a DualShock 4. They, that is true. There's a, I'll, I'll, I'll even post a video if anyone wants it. Um, I forget who posted it. Shockley's like, I got, I got sources. Oh, no, it's Kevin, uh, Kevin Kinson. <laughs> Kevin Kinson, everybody knows who he is. Um, yeah, he posted a video. He was like, yeah, that was kind of an odd choice when, well, the PS4 fight stick allows me to swing around the city. Yeah. So... Like, obviously, that was just to sell more controllers. But with their philosophy, they're like, no, you're going to be the original Xbox One controller that's, you know, not that great. <laughs> like the first one from day one. You can still use it on the next, on the Xbox One X and, or not, or uh, Xbox Series X and probably the next one. <laughs> so it makes sense for them to do that because, yeah, if you want to keep using some of those cool stylized controllers they've made, well, they don't. Yeah. If you have to take that thing apart, that thing is not fun to take apart. To even, I can't even get that that thing off. You probably have to like rip off your fingernails to pry that well, back this, piece off because the I, screws aren't visible. I also read an article from PC Magazine today because for some reason this has become a hot topic issue um, <laughs> where Microsoft gets their batteries. But um, so they talked about how Microsoft did a poll. Imagine that they like to pull their fans like we talked about earlier. Mm -hmm. And they said that the community was 50 50 on this. That's where I say, like, what do you do? You know, you just kind of like, you know, you could understand if the community was like demanding that you become, you know, this eco friendly company. But the fact that they see all this feedback that they're like half their consumer base prefers this option. You're not going to basically pull the trigger on that. Well, I do think there's a sweet spot, though. You can go with, like, the PlayStation controller, which, I mean, let's be honest. You know, those controllers maybe last you four to seven hours of gameplay. I'm talking about the PlayStation 4 controllers. I don't know what the PlayStation 5 controllers run, so I have no experience with them. I can't tell you. But I could tell you that those PlayStation batteries do not last long whatsoever. Um, So I think there is a sweet spot. Now, if you can... Like I said, if you can get those uh, Elite 2 batteries that last you at least at least 50 hours of gameplay. Uh, I think someone on in the chat said, you know, he, he hasn't charged his Elite in two weeks. And that's crazy. So if you can have a sweet spot like that, I think people's opinions would be different, you know. So, and the surveys would be different. I think the surveys would reflect differently um as opposed to the latter see i like the idea though of microsoft still making it to where you can take the battery pack out and change it i'm with shockley i don't know why companies feel that it's necessary to lock a battery inside something um because let's look at it this way i have had many products uh in my lifetime that have failed because of the battery and the battery was permanently integrated into this thing, mm-hmm. and you're just going to throw it in the trash because of the battery. Do you throw your car in the trash because the battery goes out? We are all trained 
from children that you can change the batteries. Yet there's companies out here who basically try to push products that are like, well, you can't change the battery on this. I don't know. To me, the sticks and the buttons are more of an issue than the battery. So usually it's, it's it's that way around where... You know, your battery outlasts the sticks or the buttons, <laughs> so you have to replace it anyway. Well, um, but that's where, oh, no, what were you going to say, Invader? Well, I was going to say, look at Apple, right? They're notorious for locking their batteries behind. You know, you have to uh, go to them to uh, get a new battery. You just can't replace it on your own, right? So, um, and that's um, like, and like, uh, in, um, I can't pronounce today. Infis said, or Infinite said in chat, uh, that, you know, the idea of the internal batteries is more sales because they know they're going to fail. Microsoft mm-hmm. actually pointed out that they knew that the way they design controllers is they would design the controller to last longer than the battery. Uh, at least that's what they hope for. Um, and they didn't want to be put in a situation where they are going to have failures and have to basically perfectly good controllers are going to go in the trash because of the failure of a battery. Um, and I guess when you're trying to be eco-friendly, there, there's the other half of the spectrum. Everybody looks at like, well, you're putting batteries in the trash. Okay, well, we're going to go from putting batteries in the trash to controllers in the trash. Right, right. And then that's just more of an imprint right there. So, Yeah, I think uh, I, they'd be offended too if you threw a Twinkie in the trash, but okay. <laughs> You know, you know, Twinkies last like twenty five years. If you don't, they don't decompose. Hey, man, at least they're trust uh, trustworthy, right? So you can keep them around, and uh, <laughs> you know, they're full of uh, you know dye number five, uh, food coloring this, and so on. You know, everything that a growing boy needs in their system. So, and then you're wondering why people like get stunted at like in their growth and uh when they're in like the fifth grade or something (laughs) yeah Uh, i don't know megatron he he eats lots of twinkies and look at him he's giant (laughs) (laughs) uh i i had no idea that he really liked twinkies that's uh (laughs) i gotta ask him then the the dm but I mean, either way, guys, I'm, I'm glad that Microsoft does offer us the options in the Xbox controllers. I mean, regardless of this apparent partnership deal with uh, Duracell that they've had in place and will seemingly keep in place. But I just I do like having the option just to switch out batteries or a rechargeable pack. It just there's a lot of common sense in there and it just like if there's something wrong with the battery and it was just closed in i don't want to just throw out the bloody controller right so if i can take out the battery it's a lot more convenient costs a heck of a lot less you know peanuts really and yeah i just i don't have to fiddle as much so you know kudos to microsoft for that uh to xbox and yeah i just i like the options like a lot of people are saying in the chat um but on that note, guys, I think we're going to shut her down tonight's show. Uh, despite the slow gaming news uh, during the week, we somehow managed to pull it through tonight. And, you know, I gotta say, guys, a huge shout-out to everyone that tuned in for the, this evening. And it's always great to see you all here, everybody that turned out, you know, each Sunday night. Uh, we got Fuzzy Belvedere, Rick Payne, Da Blue, Fuzz, uh, who else? Other Zinc, Justin... 
uh, so many other guys here. I'll just keep going up the list. Uh, buh, buh, buh. Who else do we got here? Uh, Abacab, Fun Speculation, lots of you guys. Really appreciate you. PyCon Fusion, Geeky Nerd, and so on. Pong Soul, lots of regulars here. But, uh, hey guys, if you happen to really enjoy tonight's show, then consider dropping a like and also share this out all over your social media. Again, fellas, fun show. Now let's uh, move on to some of the panel intros, and I will start with our favorite downer of the bunch, Jeremy. Uh, buddy, great show tonight. Um, you know, again, uh, you know, it's going to be your last one. Where can everybody follow you at, bud? Well, you can't follow me on Twitter or Facebook anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> You can find me on Xbox at Downer Space J. Uh, you can also find me on Parlor if you can even get the app anymore because, uh, you know, Google and Amazon and decided to take it out. But anyway, um, you can find me on Parlor. It's um, Downer J at Downer J. So you can find me there. Anyway, have a good night, guys. Yeah, and to answer your question, Jeremy, it's still up. I just loaded it up now, so uh, it's still up there, Parlor. So, uh, guys, definitely get on the on Parlor what? train. Well, I, I can find it on my browser and on my... Uh, I can open the phone app right now. So, it's still there for now. I have a feeling they're going to take it down at, like, midnight, you watch. Um, mm. But, uh, yeah, Jeremy, uh, you know, hopefully you can come back soon. I know how much, uh, you know, you miss uh, shooting this shit with Tim and Megatron, right? So... We got to get you back soon, uh, but moving on here, uh, Eric Shockley, buddy, a uh, hey, pretty good commentary, bud, and I definitely want to check out that uh, video you posted with your uh, PS2 modifications. Where can everybody find you at, brother? Yeah, as always, you can find me at ShockNero on Twitter, EasyShock on Xbox Live, but yeah, yeah, let me know if you have any questions trying to set that thing up because there's so many great games on ps2 that have yet to go anywhere else so definitely check them out but thanks for stopping by yep and last but not least centurion pal uh good show tonight where can everybody follow you at yes gentlemen good show thank you to you and everyone in the chat that let me chew you chew your ear off for the last two hours downer i'm gonna miss you man um I know uh, it's fun. I, I get to play online with Downer. I got to hang out with them, chat with them on the phone. You're actually a very awesome individual, man, and you are going to be missed. So Appreciate definitely that, keep buddy. in touch. Um, yeah, yeah. And uh, you see, you'll still see me around. For those who do want to, for those who want to stay in touch with me, like I hope Downer does, be sure to follow me on Twitter, Xbox Live, and YouTube at Centurion One Three Zero Seven. You can also find me right here every Sunday night on the TXR podcast, and I'm on the Shop podcast every Saturday night as well. Yep, yep. And to end this all off for tonight, this is Invader, and you can follow my content over on YouTube at Invader Gaming. Also, like Downer said, you can find me on Parlor at Invader. You know, as long as it's still working. I mean, freaking Amazon, right? But uh, good night, everyone. Uh, we hope you have a fantastic week, and we cannot wait to see you next Sunday. Until next time, fellas.